Coming up on today's episode, we dive into the latest at Jets training camp, including Villy's last stand, Nikki's neck, and other news from around the league. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's kick October off in style and dive right on in to the latest around the Winnipeg Jets in preseason, which is only two games away in the regular season. Now, just over a week away. That's right. October 11th is right around the corner. So plenty to get into here as the preseason winds down ahead of the regular season and the games finally starting to matter for real. But a lot of present ramifications are in line for the club. The last couple of the preseason games. And we'll get to all of that in the episode here. Doing so with me once again is CJOB's Tyson Ruwicki. Tyson, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. It's a, We're in the week of hockey starting. It's great. It's a great time. This this is the sports fan's best, best dream. We have ba- baseball playoffs starting tomorrow. Hockey's right around the corner. NFL is well underway. CFL playoffs are coming up. NBA is about to get started. They had the players. Did you see Jimmy Butler today? He looked like yeah, he looked like the like he could have been in Blink One Eighty Two or something. <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm 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 pumped. I just love this time of year. And fall is an underrated season in general. Well, it's not an underrated season; it's the best season. Uh, there's no debate about that. It just sucks because it lasts for like two and a half weeks, and then we get yeah. the garbage that is the W word, which I won't say. Um, how do we feel about the Jays going into the matchup against the Twins? See, I, I always get excited when the when playoffs comes around for the Jays, and then I'm always just disappointed. So I, I'm I'm not cautiously optimistic, but I'm also prepared for heartbreak. Worst case scenario. I mean, the Twins like I, they should beat the Twins realistically. Beat the Twins and the Twins of all. I mean, it's funny because the Twins. I mean, the Twins and the Athletics playoff wise have been just an absolute disaster for the past two decades. Whenever they do get a chance to play a game. But then it's also like, if there's any team the Twins could turn it around against, it might be this year's Blue Jays. Just like, get the bats going, boys. You got the arms. The Jays the Jays could legitimately, I think, make a World Series run or lose back-to-back games to Minnesota. Yeah. And neither one would overly surprise me. But no. let's, let's get a bit of a run going. We need, we need Vladdy to get back on track here. This, uh, this is... He's too talented for this to happen over the course of the season. So we'll see what he's happens. He's hitting that like a, it's just a bolt, like an average hitter now. I still believe. I'm going to believe <laughs> the new season. And it's crazy to think too that like Manoa's not even is like a non-factor. Well, not is like a not. He is a non-factor. And they're still they're, their pitching rotation is still as good as it is. Yeah, like it's still the best starting rotation in the probably in the AL. Yeah. Just they just can't get hits. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Coach Jays, find a way. I'll at least get into a series, like a legitimate series. And then we can see what happens after that. Um, but we're not here to talk about baseball. We're here to talk about a little puck. And the Winnipeg Jets, now that the weekend is up, 
like we said, two preseason games to go. One will actually take place in about 10 minutes or so from us recording here. Unfortunately, we have no way of watching the game. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's just it, you, when you have to go out of your way to watch, you know what I mean? Like, you got to download this or follow on that, listen on the rate. It's the NHL just kind of needs to get their act together. I get it's just preseason, but I mean, the fact that every single game isn't televised in some fashion. And, and easy enough for the fans to find is, again, a sign that the league is way behind the other professional leagues, both in North America and across the pond. But regardless of that, since we can't watch the game, no point in staying up and waiting till it's over to, to dissect it. We'll just take a look at once all the preseason games are finished by the time we uh, wrap up the week in our next episode. But still a lot to get to, Tice. And, and really... No surprise, the big story centered around Winnipeg right now has to do with their blue line, especially with how crowded and and overstocked the logjam was on the blue line. But I don't know if any of us really foresaw this coming. The big story in camp so far is that Vili Hainala is making a run for a top six spot. Not an opening night roster spot, but a top six spot. And if you don't believe me, the quote from Rick Bonus, when asked about it, is it's there for him. Four words that probably sound oh so sweet to Billy's ears after these past couple of years. What do you make of Hanela's stock kind of exploding out of the charts right now? And even more so than that, do you believe Bones when he says it's there for him? I hope so. I really hope I, so. I, I didn't say hope so, Tyson. This is more of a yes or no question. I would think I would like to take bonus at his word, but we've seen over the years what happens with these young D prospects. And and Hanela has done everything that he can to get one of those spots. If you're if we're going purely based on merit uh, during the preseason, he 100 percent should be a top six D man on this team starting opening roster. Without a doubt in my mind. He's been he has played so good. He's been relied upon to play heavy minutes. And even we all know about his his skill level and his play in the offensive zone. But I've been really impressed with his ability, especially along the board battles. He's winning a ton of those. And that was something where he kind of got pushed around when he was first coming into the league and even sometimes in the AHL. But man, like you can re- you really see his hockey smarts really starting to, to kind of shine through now. And he's using those that IQ to to make smarter plays along the boards. And he's, he's outworking guys that are bigger than him. And to me, if, if he's not gifted, not gifted, but if he doesn't get one of those top six spots, he's gone. There's no way. I, I'm There's no way that after all he's done in this training camp, if he doesn't get a top six spot on the roster this year, I think that's, that's it. You hear him again, say, I want out of this organization because it is not fair for a guy like that to go through all of this he has all that and the, and the coaching staff always just says a coaching staff and management says we keep wanting more we want to see him take that next step we want to hit we want him to impress us well he's finally doing that now and if you decide to kind of you know while well, the the roster the way that the contracts work, work i don't think it's gonna work out for the start of the season that's kind of bogus like you can't if you're a draft and develop team when a guy shows that he's ready to play in the lineup and you don't give him that opportunity I don't blame him. And I'm not, and I wasn't really, I'm not the biggest 
Hanel a fan, especially coming into training camp, but he's impressed me. And I think that it's if I was him, I'd be frustrated and disappointed without not, with not getting a roster spot. Yeah, hey, and I, th- I think other prospects on the team would look at that and go, uh, is that going to happen to me? Yeah. If I show up and outperform other people, then it's like, oh, thanks for showing up here and doing everything we asked of you. We'll hopefully see you in 12 months. Yeah. like there, There's the potential for a ripple effect there, no doubt. I, I'm not going to – I don't want to call Rick Bonus a liar, but I'm going to say there's 0% he starts opening night. He can, and he can have two really strong preseason games. My answer to anybody that says, well, how can you not play him is, who are the Jets going to take out of the lineup right now on their blue line to put Billy Hanel in? Who are they going to trade to put Billy Hanel in? I, I do not see it happening. I'm but not that's, saying an indi- that's an indictment on management. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not saying it's the right move. <laughs> like, I'm far, far from it. But come on now, there, we we know this team isn't going to bench Brendan Dillon. I think Dylan Sandberg has shown enough at the NHL level that you're not going to push him out of the top six, which then leaves Nate Schmidt. And do we believe the team is going to bench Nate Schmidt before he's even had a chance to play a single game of the regular season this year? I'll be shocked and beyond stunned if they do something like that. So I'm not calling you a liar, just saying it's not going to happen. <laughs> Which, which is really a shame, and that you're right, Tyson. Like the, the the team has put themselves in this spot where, barring a, a, a complete, I think at least a complete shot out of left field, there wasn't really much of a chance for a Hanela or a Chisel to take a opening night top six spot on this team. I, I just don't see it happening that way. And I'll be the first to gladly admit I was wrong if Nate Schmidt's a healthy scratch to start off the year, which is kind of its own side plot discussion point to have when you're paying somebody that much money and they can't even crack your top six. Regardless of that, though, there's just there, there's there's no way. And it kind of puts a bit of a damper on, I mean, what's the line that, that Bones always says is that, like, players have to cut themselves or players have to earn a spot. But then you have a kid going out there and earning it right now, doing everything he possibly can to show up and, and prove the detractors wrong. And to me, it's going to be a little bit all for naught. Now, having said that, I don't totally, even if he isn't a top six player on opening night, agree with your sentiment that it's done for him in Winnipeg. Because if, for example, the Jets waived or traded both of Kappa Bianco and Stanley, regardless of what happens with those two, if they're claimed or moved on or sent to the Moose, you could start the year with Hanela and Chisholm as part of an eight defenseman group, right? And the Jets have one extra forward. And so they're both NHL players, but they're not guaranteed a spot inside the top six. If that's the case, you know, if I'm really Hanela at that point, it's a little bit upsetting, but I don't think I'm out there demanding a trade just yet. You know what I mean? If he gets sent to the moose, however, I might not be surprised if he says, ah, I'm not coming. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, I, that's where I would agree with you, Tyson, where it would be just really, really hard to imagine him ever playing an NHL game for the Winnipeg Jets. And I wonder if at that point you're almost just forced to move on from him before he, you know, demands something. Like that, that to me is a situation that you hope it doesn't lead to that. But I mean, somebody's somebody's getting moved out here pretty soon. Um, and you know what? It, it might be one of the two of the defensive pairing that's suiting up in Calgary tonight. 
And uh, how about that for not a statement, but just a little bit of a juicy subplot going into the game against Calgary is that Logan Stanley and Billy Hainala are going to be on the same defensive pairing as they both try to make the team and send the other one to the AHL or somewhere else. Yeah. And, and even like with all this talk, I have a, my feeling that Declan Chisholm is going to be put on waivers keeps is growing a little bit. I, I think I think they're going to try and sneak him through. I wish I could say you're wrong, but like, uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more of a possibility of that happening now than I would have given credence to a couple of weeks ago. That's for sure. Which is yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what you do. Well, I think it's easy, Tyson. You you either wave or trade Kappa Bianco and Stanley. Yeah, like that. I think it's actually really easy. I agree. (laughs) You. I, I mean, I think I think Stanley. I still think they can trade him for something. I just think there's some team that's going to give up a late round pick at the very least for him. Kappa Bianco, you might. That's that one's kind of like a 50-50. And if he does get claimed, you know, we'll we'll talk about the jet that did get claimed earlier on Monday. But you kind of just say it's the way she goes sometimes. And oh and no, we only we only have nine NHL defensemen now. Kappa yeah, Bianco's yeah. gone. Oh no, what are we gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, so I th- I think it's an easy solution for the team, barring them getting extremely creative with somebody that's, you know, got a big NHL contract next to their name. But we'll see what happens. I mean, we're not too far away from that being figured out. And I'll tell you what, too. Well, you know, you'll probably get a sense of it in that game Thursday, the final preseason game for the Jets, because I imagine that's the opening night roster, minus Nikolai Ehlers, who we unfortunately will get to a little bit later on. Um, I just wouldn't have to see Hanela. I mean, Hanela did skate with Sandberg um, as a pairing during practice, but like that. I mean, that's that's going to be the big one there. Tyson is whatever happens after this game. Say Hanela plays solid, we'll know before preseason is up where the Winnipeg Jets are leaning towards there, and that will be fascinating. It, it just still blows my mind that this off season we didn't see one of the D men moved out, and then a spot is up for grabs for Chisholm and Hanela. And if neither of those guys impresses, then you have Capo Bianco to fall back on. Like to me, that's just that is just so basic. And you're picking up assets, and realistically, your decor isn't taking a hit. Like to me, that not doing anything there is just completely, it's just botched. They they've <laughs> they, they've spent two years bungling this defense. Yeah. There's there's no other way to put it, right? Like from Kovacevic to where they potentially might be in a couple of days' time. Like it's they 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 just have not done a good job. There's there's no I, I like the only silver lining honestly has just been that Morrissey's blossomed into a Norris yeah. Trophy candidate, which like and, and Sandberg's been you know good right, but like they as far as the actual decor in in terms of how they've built and managed it, it's been it's been atrocious. So it, I, I can understand people being a little hesitant that they're going to make the right call. Um, depending on performance and different things like that. But we'll get our answer soon enough. And, man, if, if Hanela lights it up against Calgary, in Calgary, against a NHL-ish-like lineup for the, for the Flames and, and not one for the Jets, they're going to look real foolish if he's sent down to the Moose in it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how this plays out over the next little bit. I do want to ask you this before we shift over to uh, to the forward group for the Jets, Tyson. But 
we talked about who can get waived, who can get traded, different things like that. Let me throw a scenario at you and and tell me tell me how you feel about this potential move for the Jets. Right now, the Jets they traded their second round pick to Nashville for Nino Niederreiter. So that's like the uh, the, the 2024 draft. This upcoming draft, the Jets traded their second round pick, but they got back Montreal's second round pick in the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, which has the potential to be a high second round pick. If some team right now said, we'll take that second and take Nate Schmidt off your hands as well, would you agree to that deal? Based with where the team wants to go this year, I yeah. I think with Nate Schmidt, you're like you know what you're getting, right? Like it's nothing he'll be serviceable. You can get through some games, there's gonna be some bad games, but I think if you really want to try and take a step towards Stanley Cup contention. And even just for your fu- for your franchise's future as a whole on the back end, you do, you do that trade and you see what Hanola brings in that position. What if he's you know like the court power play quarterback and he puts up 25, 30 points his first year? Like that that value in and of itself is more than is worth it to get rid of Nate Schmidt and then working out you know how are we going to get these draft picks back because you do have two very big free agents that are coming up where you could easily get back that second round pick. So to me, I think it's a no brainer just for the overall betterment of your franchise. It's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know that that second rounder could be pretty juicy. Like there's... It could be, but like at some point, like what are you, you're so Hanel is going to be gone. You're going to draft another defenseman that you bring in and it's just going to be, you're going to be waiting for another four years for a guy to maybe play in your top six. You know what I mean? Oh, I I don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer with it. It's just, it's just kind of interesting in terms of some of the options the Jets like that. That's they're not going to trade their first round pick to get Schmidt off the wrong. Like there's not that much of a demand that they have to do this immediately, right? But like I I wonder how many fans would be okay with that, you know, giving up say the 35th pick in the draft to get rid of Nate Schmidt's contract, which goes this season, and then one more after that. And, and, and who knows? It's it's tough too because you don't know what this team is going to be like next year, right? Like the cap space is great, but are you willing to give up a potentially valuable asset? I mean, Brad Lambert was picked in and around that. Like, let's you know remember that Salomonson a second round pick, right? Like, there's the potential for that to be a, a decent player for the club. But the other side of it is, you give a Hanela or Chisholm a bunch of ice time this year, and it opens you up to make more potentially impactful decisions having six extra schmill on the cap space, which is like $95 million by the trade deadline. So like, well, there, I, I, don't, I don't even know which way I would lean personally, Tyson. But what, Do you think you'd have to give up a, that second round pick if you retain 50%? Because you don't need the cap space, this, like really. So retain 50 and give up the sec, or you're saying like give up a third instead? Yeah, or whatever, like whatever it would be. I, I like. I don't think you'd have to give up a second. I don't know. I mean, you. What did Free Elliot Friedman said? The the Sens are trying to get rid of Matthew Joseph, who's like three. But mil? they they can't retain anything on them, though. That's the like that's part of the problem. No, but if it's three million for the Sens, that's essentially what Nate Schmidt's fifty yes. percent retain would be. 
And the rumor is the Flyers are asking for a first round pick for a guy that makes $3 million. Like, I, I think it is a second round pick, even if it is. I, I just said there, there's no there's no leverage whatsoever by yeah. a team yeah. giving up the, the, the player in that situation. I guess the only thing you could say is that Ottawa has to get rid of him to to sign Pinto, yeah. not just play him. At least you could be like, well, I get, we'll just put, we'll wave Hanala and figure it out from there. But but it's two years, two tice. Like I don't think yeah, you want to retire for true. this year and next. It's going to cost you that second. And I think that's the, the a team could legitimately say, give us your first. I, I mean, the Jets would be dumb to do that without yeah. without something pretty massive coming down the pipeline there but just thought i'd throw it out there you know get a sense of where we're at on that let us know what you think if that's a good idea dumb idea on twitter at brandon underscore rewiki at tyson rewiki at skates plates pod any other proposals you have out there that opens up a spot for chisholm and hanala be down to hear those let's get creative let's find a way to get the youngsters on the roster there uh let's go from defense to offense tyson um I guess we got to talk about well, well we'll save Jansen Arkins for a little bit later. Is it officially panic time with Nikki Ehlers? Yeah. The next spasms that just won't go, I mean it the best case scenario now Tyson is that that second line doesn't get a single rep in preseason and, and lines up game 1. That's best case scenario. I don't even know what worst case scenario is at this point. Next Look, I am I am the ultimate band-aid right now, but I don't have neck spasms that go on for over a week. And maybe the team's just being cautious and we're all right in this, but I'm this has alarm bells written all over it for a guy that has massive, massive struggles staying healthy. I, I think I don't want to be like too pessimistic here, but it's hard for me not to think that there's some some really some really serious stink going on around right now with Ehlers quote-unquote next spasms injury well then you go back to the playoffs where there was like this shroud of mystery on his on his injury where he said he's good to go and then he wasn't good to go and then going back to last year we start of the season you know the Ehlers will be skating soon Ehlers will be skating soon and then all of a sudden oh actually he just had surgery he'll be back in January like like what's going on like that's like what is going on like this this preseason so far has been it, it hasn't been like alarm bells from the way they've played but the way that the injuries are already stacking up like this has been a preseason from hell for the jets to start it, well yeah like nothing's gone overly right like like perfetti perfetti gets a chance to play down the middle some idiot from calgary blindsides him yeah you don't get a chance for Ehlers to play with that line you know, even even Velar, like the Velarde Shifley line looks good, and then the entire team gets sick, brutally sick right now. And then you have to call up, right? Like it's just like, can we just catch a freaking break? Like, can we can we just get like a little shred, like a, a bounce or two to go our way here? I mean, look, there's a chance too that Ehlers suits up game one, and we sound stupid, which is very very possible, if not likely. Um, but it's very hard to ignore the fact that not just with Ehlers, although. The stuff you mentioned actually terrifies me even more because I forgot about a lot of that stuff. But this team has in 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 general, over the last half dozen years, guys day to day should be back soon. 
oh, he's out for six weeks, actually. We hope to get him back in a couple of months. Like, they have made a disturbing habit out of day-to-day turning into week-to-week, and uh, just pray that's not the case for a team that they just they, they cannot afford to lose any impact pieces up front with how many question marks there are about putting guys in different holes here. It sucks that best-case scenario is Ehlers is ready to go for game one. But then you wonder how much that impacts the Perfetti line as a whole. You know, does it take them four, five, six games for them just to kind of read off each other properly and get going, let alone produce at a high level, which the club needs them to do against a pretty tough opening five-game slate on top of that? Like, not really not really a whole lot of margin for error coming out of the gates for the Winnipeg Jets, Tice. So it's, it's really, really unfortunate. And let's just hope that it's the team being way, way overly cautious here and that he's actually ready to go. But why risk it right now? But tough to believe them at this point. Yeah, and even like bonus mentioned today too. I'm just trying to get this exact quote here, but that it's looking like he's doubtful to even play on Thursday. Like the fact that we're getting doubtful, that means he's not playing. He's down. He's not playing game one. Like game one of the regular season. It's well, he said no. He won't be ready to play for Thursday. He's doubtful. Well, Thursday's the final preseason game. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No. My yeah, yeah. The final preseason game. If you're doubtful for that, means you're not playing. It doesn't yeah, sound yeah. like you're on. It doesn't sound like you're recovering at a good enough rate, too. It's like I, I just don't. I'm not just dumbfounded at this point. I really am. I'm, I don't know where. Like at some point, something just has to go right with Ehlers. Like it'd be nice just to see him get that opportunity too. But, man, like, if you're Bones, you've got to be frustrated, too. You're trying to build some chemistry going into the season, and you can't get anything going with your second line. And especially on an – like, it's one thing with Perfetti where it's a cheap shot. Like, there's nothing – Yeah. Not saying, I'm not saying there's anything Ehlers could do about his injury, but, you know, got to work it out. Well, there's nothing you could do about it. But at the same time, everyone's saying, give this guy more minutes. Da, 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 which I actually, which I agree with totally, but at the same time, it's like, well, if you're on the, if, if you're on the medical table, eighty percent of the time, yeah. we can't, how can we give you eighteen minutes a night for eighty games over the court, right? Like, so I, I got both sides on this. I'm just hoping that it's the team being safe. He's actually going to be okay, and we all have a fun little laugh about this when Ehlers puts up twenty points in the first fifteen games. <laughs> Let's just hope it goes out that way, but. Uh, uh, pretty concerning, pretty concerning. Let's hope they find a way to turn it around. Uh, one guy that won't be putting up 20 points in 15 games in Winnipeg, Jansen Harkins. Put on waivers claimed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, it feels like sometimes, especially when somebody was either a first or a second round pick, like a high pick from the team, and that player gets put on waivers and claimed by somebody else, that it's... Like it's it's like somebody needs to be blamed in the situation, right? Like it's some somebody's at fault for this happening. I kind of feel like this is a win-win for everybody here. Yeah, man, maybe like a win isn't the right term for the Jets because they're losing. It's a wash. A valuable, a valuable AHL guy, but it, like I, I don't blame the Jets in this situation, and it's great for Harkins who gets a chance to contribute and, and maybe even a, a, a pretty impactful role with the Pittsburgh Penguins who have like no depth anywhere up front and no prospects that they can throw in there. So he's going to get, I think, a legitimate chance there. 
But it, it's too bad he just never really worked out here in Winnipeg. I, like I, I feel like the Jets gave him a lot of opportunities. Fourth line, he even got some spot duty in the top nine at times when injuries were there, and it just it didn't work out. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a like a, a massive indictment of the team as a whole. I think it's just you know what sometimes second round picks don't pan out. Harkins is too good for the AHL, maybe not quite good enough for the NHL. It's a tale as old as time. Wish him the best, and I think the Jets have enough depth within the organization at forward, and maybe the Parker Ford emergence as of late makes him a little more expendable, but I think that they're going to be able to withstand the loss of Harkins on waivers. You give a guy an opportunity, another one opens up here in Winnipeg. I don't think anybody, I don't think there's any negativity at all involved in this story, Tice. Well, and then, like, especially after they ju- they just sent down Bon Giovanni and Chaz Lucius to the Moose today, and that leaves them with 18 forwards. Like, there's just too many guys. And it's and it's different with Hanela and Chisholm. Like, this situation's different when those guys getting sent down. I mean, Hanela, you don't have to worry about the waivers, but, like, sending them back to the minors. Harkins has had chances, like you said. Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like he hasn't. He's played a full season with the team, and he scored 13 points. Like, well, he's, in, he's in his mid twenties, right? Yeah. Like it's not a prospect. He's he's had a pretty close to hundred games at the NHL level. Just yeah, sometimes it happens. Play. Yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work. That's kind I of think it's, yeah. It's it's kind of one of those. The NHL is a really hard league. <laughs> like that's kind of the main <laughs> thing. Like he he is too good for the AHL, but there's there's just guy like every, every professional sport league. It's a big jump. Like the AHL is a good league. It's a big, big jump to then be able to have some level of success at the top of the peak. And I, I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. He's got a great shot. He doesn't get into op- uh, opportunities to, to use it too often. Maybe he'll do it in Pittsburgh. I am not, I, I don't think it's a case where, you know, the Jets are losing a potential 20 goal scorer or anything like that, but he'll get an opportunity there. Be neat to see if he gets a shot beside either a Crosby or a Malkin because, you know, Pittsburgh's made a habit out of finding guys of a Jansen Harkins ilk and, you know, turning them into semi-successful point producers a la Mark Donk and Bluz Flippet. Um, <laughs> if you follow along with any hockey Twitter memes. Um, but good luck to Jansen out there in Pittsburgh. And I think the Jets will be just fine here in Winnipeg. Uh, that would be pretty much it, Tyson, I think. Uh, looks like Connor Hellebuck... Probably he'll get the last two games of the preseason for the Jets. Which, if that's what he wants, that's what he gets. I wonder if he's going to, how many games in a row he's going to start in the regular season as well, Tyson. Uh, Like I mentioned there, not the easiest opening slate for the club. There's a chance the Jets might be underdogs in each of their first five games to open up the regular season. Um, Just pulling it up quickly here. They open up the year on October the 11th in Calgary, then at home to Florida, L.A., Vegas, and then on the road to Edmonton. No back-to-backs in there whatsoever before they come back home to host the St. Louis Blues. I mean, Helly's probably getting the first five, and then Brassois gets St. Louis? Uh, I would assume so. Like you, these are These are some tough games, right? Like, it's... Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you want, yeah, you want to, like two, two, and one. There's okay, but like one and four. And if Hellebuck plays all five of those, 
Oh, that's where you kind of wish the preseason went a little bit smoother instead of the bumps we're going through. And like that's like with all that's surrounding this team too, with uncertainty, you cannot get off to a bad start. Like, like not, and I'm not saying you have to blow the doors off the off the arena every single game you play and start off ten and two or whatever, but you can be going like three and seven, two and eight. Like that's that is where the season kind of starts to slip away for you from there. And that's where things can get really messy. Cool. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> and uplifting. <laughs> we'll get into that. Of course, next week um, on our episode to kick off the week, we'll have our final regular season preview prediction bonanza show. And we'll see if either one of us are feeling positive or pessimistic about the Jets' chances this season. I think I know which way Tyson might be leaning. Um, but we'll get into all that once I'm rosters just, are just, really finalized. What, 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 what's going on there? You're shaking your head. What's I wrong? I can't. I just – what my sports teams have done to me the past little bit, I just, I just can't – I can't take any more heartbreak. I can't get – Well, no, but that, that, that's actually positive for Jets fans because – all the teams you cheer for lose heartbreakingly in the playoffs, deep in the playoffs. <laughs> I think that would be, I think a lot of fans would be pretty happy with that. So they wait till the playoffs to screw you over. I just, I, we'll I, hope, I hope everything goes well. Well, we'll talk about it next week, Tyson. Don't worry. We'll talk about it when we wrap up the, uh, the show for this week, which we'll do on Friday morning, but that's going to do it to kick off the week here on a Monday. We'll call it quits there, and we'll get ready to break down the end of preseason when we get back at it at the end of the week. But until then, thank you guys so much for stopping by and listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki here with me once again. Like I said, we'll get back at it on Friday morning. We might have a final roster to break down for you guys after the Jets wrap up the preseason Thursday night at home. We'll talk about that and any other big stories to break out of the NHL before we make our final predictions for the regular season in our episode a week from today. Until then, though, have a great rest of the week, everybody. Stay safe, have fun, and we'll talk to you Friday morning. Peace.